Welcome to Singled Out, the ninth best Guild Ball podcast. Please stand by. Welcome to episode 93. In this episode Andrew talks to Bryce about the new Free Cities draft players for the Farmers, Morticians, Butchers and Hunters Guild, how they were designed and how they play. I've just come down the of sky I'm no very big and I'm awful shy And the lassies shout when I go by Donald, where's your trousers? Let the wind blow high, let the wind blow low Through the streets in my kid-tail go All the lassies say hello Donald, where's your trousers? A lassie took me to a ball And it was slippery in the hall And I was feared that I would fall For I had me on my trousers Let the wind blow high, let the wind blow low Through the streets in my kilt I'll go All the lassies say Hello, Donald, where's your trousers? Now I went down to London town And I had some fun in the underground The ladies turned their heads around Saying, Donald, where are your trousers? Let the wind blow high, let the wind blow low Through the streets in my kilt I'll go All the lassies say hello Donald, where's your trousers? To wear the kilt is my delight It is not wrong, I know it's right The islanders would get afraid If the army... It's seven minutes to midnight Hello, welcome to Singled Out, episode 93 Um... I'm Andrew, as I assume by now you know. Today we have Bryce. Yeah, hello, it's me. It's Bryce. How are you? Um, so, who are you? Uh, pretty okay guild ball player. Pretty okay guild ball player. Um, I, am, I am currently the lead developer for guild ball. You're still probably like the third or fourth worst Scott, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Second in the world, fourth best Scott. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's that's how the that's how the top sort of top oh, end yeah. of the rankings works at the moment. Yeah, there was a there was a point where I was legitimately, I think, on Longshanks, and obviously those rankings don't like they're they're a general indication. It doesn't really mean anything that that much. But there was a point where I was something like eighth in the world and fifth in Scotland. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I like um, Double Dodge, their sort of idea was, if in doubt, rolling a German. I think ours is, if in doubt, rolling a Scot. <laughs> so yeah. Pretty well. <laughs> um, so, you're here today to talk about the new Free Cities draft models. I am, yes. Which, well, the, f- the first wave of them, yes. The first wave of them, yeah. Uh, spoiler alert there. It's more than one wave of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we just decided to only release these five, and that's it. We'll ask you forever about their lesson. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we find that really fun, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we have, looking at my list here, we have Lane, we have Amber, we have Knuckles, we have uh, Edge, and we have Gaffer. And so I guess we'll talk about them um, and say what they do and why you design them that way, and then you'll go away. 
<laughs> that is <laughs> that is a very succinct summary <laughs> of how a podcast works. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. For anyone that's never listened to a podcast before, here you are starting 93 episodes into this one. Yeah, I'll start on this one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so do you want to start talking about them in general terms, about why you designed them the way, way they were, or um, any challenges you faced? Or um, So the, the Free Cities draft models were uh, kind of... They had a unique set of challenges because the you know we you got during the campaign during the sort of public campaign where everyone like voted and and played games to try and get their favorite character, we got like a little bit of background. Obviously, some of them we got a bit more like Amber because she was the protagonist. You got a bit more background on, but for most of them, we had a name, a bit of background, and a player position basically. Um, and some of them we didn't even really have a player possession. We just had a, this is kind of what they do on the pitch, roughly-ish. Um, and so taking that very brief description and then matching it to the guilds, and obviously like that gets really fun when butchers get a striker and we were like, ah, butchers aren't really supposed to be good with a ball, but I guess that's what butcher players wanted, so here you go. Um, and that was probably the the most interesting challenge about these this set of models was taking like because there are some guilds that got a model that we wouldn't have got a player possession as it were that we wouldn't have given them by choice um, like we would have we would you know we would never have given butchers a striker if given the choice but this this is the big thing about public campaigns and about public um, about stuff like the free city draft because people get really invested and you have to and you know you've committed you've promised people to do what they vote for and then you, and then you got to you got to deliver and sometimes that got real interesting um, Lane being probably the best example of that uh, but also knuckles knuckles and fish because again like he's a big he's a big kind of beaty boy um and that's not a player we would have normally given to fish at this time but that's what the public voted for so the public gets what the public wants both of you and me know that when it comes to the public they know nothing <laughs> i don't i don't think we're supposed to talk about politics here <laughs> i didn't say politics you said politics <laughs> Mate, you can't stop me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Welcome to, welcome to Singled Out, a new British political podcast. Uh, <laughs> it's a matter of time, I guess. Um, <laughs> so what you're saying is basically, if people don't or do like too much the, the characters have got, it's basically their fault. Yes. Yeah. 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 Basically, <laughs> that is the upside of this: is that we can um, <laughs> we can basically just blame the public for this. So that's quite. That's very from a developer standpoint. A lot of the pressure is off. You know See what, what I mean? Done. Yeah. Look at look at what you did. <laughs> and then we just wrote, like rub their face in it and hit them with a newspaper and tell them off. Like, where's this going? I don't know. I don't know. I was going. I was going for like a dog analogy, but then I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have it with a newspaper. That's not really fair. Yeah, it's a bit harsh, dog. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, not really. Okay, Lane. Um, so Lane, as you mentioned, is a striker. Um, that shouldn't be um, unknown because he was in the original um, material. Yes, he was. He was. He was uh, given a lot of praise for his kind of natural footballing ability. Um, which is always fun because butchers are the best footballing guild, and we're very happy to. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they are now. Like, 
Um, so yeah, what do you what do you want to talk about about Lane? Um, well, I guess by now people would have seen his card. Um, if not, go and look at the card. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like a butcher, he has momentous damage basically everywhere. Um, yep. Middling tack, so tack five. Uh, yep. So not like be liable to get anything more than one hit really. Um, mm-hmm. They fragile. Um, so defense four yes. on zero. And team boxes will die. Like, yes, that is a uh, also a butcher. The butcher sort of subtype of the glass cannon is very very apparent on this model. Like he will he will go down like a sack of tatties if you if you don't protect him. And also only one if melee. Mm-hmm. And so again, pretty pretty um, fragile and actually fairly easily countered. Although he's got a minus dodge and damage on one hit. Um, yes. So when you created him, I guess you have some challenges in making a, a butcher striker. Yeah. So making a butcher striker, making uh, it, it it can be really really interesting. Like in some ways, it's some of the most interesting things we do is making a like a striker that's butchery or you know like a a, a model type for a guild that traditionally is very bad at what that model type does. Um. And that is actually a kind of really interesting challenge in making the in making that model because like butcher archetypes are fast, relatively low health, and lots and lots of damage. And like going against that while still making like go, going against that to make a, a to make a character that works as a striker while still making them feel like a butcher is really really interesting and also quite difficult. And I think we've done like. Just tooting my own horn a little bit here, but I think we've done pretty well with this model. Like, I'm pretty happy with where he ended up. Yeah, I mean, the front of his card is basically an okay striker, uh, mm-hmm. but I guess the back of his card is where he wants to shine. Isn't it? Yeah, because the front of his card is is like you look at his playbook and you're kind of like he's a striker and he doesn't have a tackle until column three, yeah. and you know he's got a six he's got a six eight move, three eight kick, acrobatic is fair, all fairly standard striker tech. And then you get to the back of the card, and it kind of all starts to make sense. Like, it all just sort of comes together. So, he has Bleed the Cleats. So, mm-hmm. whenever he does damage to a model, he gets plus one kick dice. Yep. Close control, uh, magic touch, which means that any result has a tackle on it. So, he actually has a momentous tackle dodge. Um, a, a momentous, uh, yeah, a momentous one damage tackle dodge that also gives him plus one kick on column one. That sounds fine. It is... It is the trade-off for him being death four with thirteen health. With one inch melee, actually. As well. With with one inch melee, yeah. crucially as well. He is he has probably the I think that is just the best column one playbook result in terms of what you get out of it in the entire yes, game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also means I guess in theory, if he manages to do it, although he's not going to do it very easily, he could get two tackles with one hit on, on three hits. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. With attack five, it's. Yeah, and also he does have that. If he does sort of spike up to the fifth column on his playbook, he's got a momentous three damage tackle. So that's kind of the same where he's inflicting damage, so he gets plus one kick and a tackle and momentum. And you gave him a ability with Ox, so why was that? Yeah. Um, basically, because in the background, um, and I think this, this is something obviously Sherwin could go into more detail on. But when he comes into the Butcher's Guild, Ox sort of takes him under his wing because Ox has that kind of that Butcher family vibe going. Um, and he takes him under his wing and basically acts as his sponsor to help him get off. Because uh, obviously in the in the free city's draft background, um, Lane was pretty heavily addicted to drugs. And um, I can't remember which drug it is. It's, it's a bad drug. You know, don't do drugs, kids. 
but um, it's a bad one, and it really messes up his kind of potential as a player. And so Ox basically takes him under his wing and is like, you're going to stop doing drugs now. And I feel like if a large, angry man with a very large beard is just sort of, <laughs> who is also Ox, is like, no, you're, you're going to stop doing drugs. And Lane's like, yeah, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to stop doing drugs right here. Yeah, I'm, I'm done. I'm good. I'm clean. Um, yeah, and yeah, so... Yeah, don't argue with Ox. Like he will, he will, uh, he will make your life hell. Um, and yeah, so we thought that was kind of a nice, uh, a nice way of representing that, particularly because Get On with It Boy um, can allow Lane to remove all conditions he's suffering, which is kind of a nice, uh, as close as we can get to representing getting off drugs in in a guild ball game. Like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, did he come together pretty fast as a character design, or did he go through various sort of iterations before you sort of came up with this one? Um, this one, weirdly, actually, for all I was talking about how sometimes it's quite difficult, this one was actually the core of the model. Like, with Get uh, get On With It Boy, Magic Touch, and Bleed The Cleats were all there from the very start of, of this model, because... Magic Magic Touch is something I have a bit of a I had a bit of an obsession with trying to get a double tackle result on a playbook um, for ages because I was just trying to do it, but it just look it, like it looks really ugly, um, and so this was the best way to do it and represent his like superlative footballing skill without making his playbook look hideous. Um, I like how he's got um, a paired ability with Ox, but if you take him with a vet bore and Berserk, he can get ridiculous dice with kick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You take him, you give him Berserk, and he can get something, what, like a 10 dice kick. Also, bear in mind, uh, Bleed the Cleats works on counterattacks and parting blows, and any, I think that's about it, but any any way he damages a model through a turn. So, counterattacks and parting blows. So, he can, like, start his activation with, like, a 5 8 kick. Um, and that's, uh, that was basically because at SteamCon, Matt Hart said. At the public, at the uh, during the keynote, that Lane could could be, a, in his words, a better striker than Shark, um, which we in the Dev team were thrilled to hear for a butcher, um, and really really had to dig deep and sort of find that design space to, to make that work. Um, what, you yeah. made something up on the, on the fly, you then follow it. No, no, that that doesn't that's sound that's like that. Does not like that? No, no, no. Matt, Matt just sort of throwing off the cough comments out into whiskey, then start making things up. Yeah, yeah, no, that's very, it's entirely out of character, yeah. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, so that was a that was an interesting point, and I, I really, I, I really like that rule for for filling being both butchery and like butchery as in thematic to the butchers, not as in the character play. Um, for being thematic to the butchers and also making him potentially technically a better striker than Shark because he can get to like a like a ten eight kick or something if you give him Berserk. Are you painting while talking to me? No. Why? Hey, hey, clinking of glasses. Oh, my girlfriend just made me a cup of tea. Ah, uh, sorry, that was the that was the the spoon just just going around in the cup there. there no, I don't I don't I don't paint. That would be that would be extremely out of character. You really ought to own your own sort of farmer's team, you know. I refuse. Well, Steve got a painted one at V5. Yeah, Is it yours? Yeah, I donated it. Aww. Well, thank you for giving me a painted farmer's team for You're WTC. Welcome. That's very nice, yeah. Send me the vet on a model and I'll paint that for you. Mm, just um, for me. Well, technically Steve, but, you know, Steve, yeah. doesn't, or Steve doesn't play farmers, so yeah, it's mine go. now. You're welcome, Brian. <laughs> okay, um, next one. Speaking of farmers, 
Ah, yep. Segway. Um, Look at that segue. That was yeah, that, that was, was planned. That was, that was that was a pro move. Look at that. Uh, Amber, um, I must confess, I can't remember much about her. Wasn't she the Brewers person? Yeah, so she was the protagonist of the Free Cities draft story, and basically she got kicked out. Basically because the Brewers have their kind of internal politics going on between Tapper and Esther's, and Esther's man, and Amber was um, Tapper's kind of, one of his kind of protégés, and someone that he was was looking at at bringing into the guild full time, and, and making her the next player for the Brewers and Esther sort of managed to get some politics going and got her kicked out of the guild. And so she ended up in the Free Cities draft. And after that, she um, was she went to the farmers because the farmers are nice and wholesome people and they're always accept- and they're always willing to take in like orphans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I mean was it hard to decide whether to make her reaper or planter? Uh, no, because we, as of vet honor, the farmers had one more planter than they did reaper. Ah, okay. So we to equalize those numbers right from the start, we we knew we wanted Amber to be a a reaper. So she's a attacking midfielder. Uh, like all reapers, she has a mom two one hit. Yep. Uh, two inch reach again, like most farmers do. Uh, again, fairly squishy defense four and zero, but again, like all farmers, has quite a large health pool. Yes. 18. And she has, um, on two hits, she has um, tackle swerve shot. So it's mm-hmm. momentous tackle, um, which means that um, she can ignore uh, models in the way. When yes. Kick. So even though she's a 2-6 kick, which isn't great, um, it means she can suddenly get higher than that, especially when she can use left boot to eat a half marker to get plus one, plus two kick. Yes. And yeah, yeah. So she's near Grange. <clears throat> Yeah, so if she's near Grange, she gets up to a she can get up to a four ten kick that ignores um, intervening models. So she's she's and so she is one of those models that kind of she is primarily damage focused. But if you need to transition to um, getting some goals, she's got that momentous tackle swerve shot on two, and then can get up to a three eight kick or a. a 410 with Grange so she kind of she's kind of a flexible model and that she can get she can I mean she's a reaper she can put damage out um and then if she needs to she can transition into scoring some goals as well so what sort of design space do you think farmers needed for this before they're lacking sort of a all-rounder yeah because a lot of the reapers the reapers currently are pretty focused on either like bushel's very focused on football and the rest are very focused on damage and we thought it would be cool to sort of explore a a kind of slight midpoint between those two um and give farmers a little bit of a just just a little bit of a kind of an all-rounder um that can kind of do everything um and the the key point in that is the the last rule on our card which we haven't really mentioned which is the one of our own so the first which is the first time each turn a friendly non-mascot model suffers a taken out condition within that aura she gets plus two tack for the remainder of the turn um which obviously is the only tack buff in farmers and it's it's a very situational tack buff but if it goes off and she gets up to tack seven um, she can really start wrecking face and hitting her dodges, and um, like at that point, her tackle becomes like extraordinarily reliable. Um, and so that that kind of just gives her a lot of options. Like it's kind of one of those things of like 
if you're looking at a farmer team, do you take it and you have the choice to take out a model early? Do you do that knowing that Amber is fully stacked and you're going to take her up to tax seven and she can start really beating your head in? I guess as um, as farmers tend to get engaged, they haven't got much of the med dodges. I guess that's probably why you, get, you gave us worth shot. Is that right? Because she's going to be engaged. But, yes. Yeah. 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 The 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 kind of reasoning on that one is that um, she does have do- she does have some dodges, but also if she's um, if she is having to take a kick that is like that is um, going gonna go over some models, then she can just ignore that. And because it's on her tackle result anyway, it's kind of it's kind of almost free um, to do if she does a tackle result anyway. Um, yeah, basically. And actually, the one other thing about uh, one of her own, which gives her plus two attack, is that because she's a former brewer, she can get a sort of pseudo-brewer playbook because she can have more attack than she has playbook yeah. columns. Yeah. It's a nice little it's a nice little callback to her being a brewer, which I quite liked. Um, so as a former player, um, what sort of team would you have with her in it? Um, so I'd be I'd be tempted to try her in teams like maybe a Grange lineup where you're looking for like if you run her and Bushel and because you can run her Bushel Jackstraw and Buckwheat and you have a whole bunch of models that suddenly have a ten inch kick if they're anywhere near Grange and you can also still put like she can also still put damage out so if you if you want to run a more um, football-based farmers team, she's definitely in there. Um, or even with... thing is, even with Thresher, like, I think she... If, if Counter Charge isn't going to be super valuable, I think she replaces Tater for me uh, because she has a very similar sort of threat ranges and um, damage output, but her damage output is potentially higher if you suffer a takeout. And also she gives you that extra two-inch kick distance an ability to sort of snag the ball that Tater doesn't really have. Um, so that's that's where she comes in for me. Like, I think if, if Counter Charge isn't going to be valuable or if you want to run, run a more football-focused team... Because if you run... Like, as I say, like, if you run, like, even just in a Thresher lineup, if you run Thresher, Amber, Buckwheat, Jackstraw, that's four models with an 8-inch kick. Like, that's suddenly... The, the ball suddenly can become much more live in a way that farmers can, in a way that farmers sometimes struggle to do now. Um, you can actually get kind of get involved and, and start using the ball a little bit more. Um, yeah, I mean, that'd be nice to see a different sort of play style in some way. Um, mm-hmm. Although I'll, I'll be confused when I heard, heard you mention Grange at first um, because I don't think anyone ever uses Grange anymore, do they, really? Um, yeah, I think he... His pick rate is unfortunately um, is unfortunately lower than we'd like at the moment, um, and obviously he did get buffed in the last errata, um, but maybe maybe we didn't quite get it. Maybe we didn't quite get it um, right for where he needs to end up, um, and I definitely think I definitely think there's space for for Grange to sort of find a different role and start sort of playing a little bit differently i guess um because there's still like in a vac like there's still a lot there's a lot of very good things in his card like i just think we we're still sort of figuring out the the new farmer style where they all have like two damage on one and 
Um, like planters don't have momentous damage until very late on their playbook. Um, we're still figuring out the balance for that. I think is fair to say, and we're still figuring out where where that needs to be. It would be like a lot, like a lot of things in Guild Ball West. Suddenly there'd be like one thing which you suddenly he gets, and that'd be it. He'd be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like it feels like he's maybe just missing like one thing. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Like there were there were points where we've definitely like hit. We you make one seemingly relatively small change to a model, and suddenly it goes from never getting seen to being an auto include. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, I think this model's very good indeed. Um, in certain teams, uh, we have Knuckles, the fish um, guy. Knuckles, Knuckles. yes. Um, his position was um, defensive midfielder. So kind of a backfield piece. Yes, absolutely. <coughs> um, and this this was one. He was actually one where I had. When we were writing him, I had probably the, the the clearest idea in my head of how I wanted the model to function, um, and where I sort of saw him on the pitch, if you get me, which is is that kind of backfield, like not a goalie, but almost a sort of pseudo goalie, if you get me. Um, and yeah, so we'll we'll go into his card and sort of talk about that that talk about his role with that in mind. Uh, so it's 3-1, uh, 19 boxes, uh, touch melee, uh, attack 6. Yep. Sort of typical fish playbook. He's got a tremendous um, uh, push, sorry, not dodge, on, a, on one hit. Uh, mm -hmm. He's got 1 and 2 damage on his playbook, <laughs> 2 columns, non mentis. Although I want to talk about that more. On 3 hits, he has a mentis heavy tackle. Yes. Which means target model loses possession of the ball and gets knocked down. So it ignores close control. Yes. And they just fall over. Very yes. good result. It's a very strong result, yeah, and it makes a lot of sense with his kind of more sort of goal, sort of slightly sort of goal defense role, um, which we'll see more in the back of his card as well. So a mom dual push on three hits. So I think in a sort of corsair team, he's going to be very good indeed. I think for moving out. I I think that's fair. Like his knockdown isn't up until column four, which obviously is a bit of a difference from like cracking from like cracking and corsair. Um, but he his pushes are very good, and he also has on the very top end of his playbook he has three and four damage up on five and six hits. Yeah, which is helpful also because if his opponent has the ball, he gets plus two tack. He, he does. Yeah, which really makes the either the tackle double push or heavy tackle or the knockdown or the the double push that makes those it makes those results super achievable. Um, you have to pass the ball to an opponent to beat them up. <laughs> That'd be pretty good, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> well, like that's what everyone was talking about when a uh, ball of light came out, and everyone was like, "Oh, how can I use this to cause four damage to my opponent?" And we're like, "You're not getting, you're not getting the point of the rule, guys." I guess you could boot space past them and go, "Do you want to intercept it? Do you? Do you?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can absolutely uh, do that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I don't think it's. <laughs> um, yeah. So he has close ranks, which is. Um, a thing we've seen before where basically you get minus one dice pool if you crowd it out. Mm -hmm. So, like, him and Kraken together are pretty good. They are, they are a very strong combo, yeah. Um, because you have to fight Kraken because what he does, and <coughs> you're minus two attack. And also, Knuckles has resilience, so he'll he'll, he'll soak a knockdown or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, he has um, lightning reflexes, which is kind of the gold power that uh, Skulk has. Yes. Um,. So when yeah, whenever an enemy model ends a dodge within six inches of him, he can make a jog to directly towards them. Um, I've recorded an episode um, 
about fish with Josh recently. It will have released by the time that this is out, but it's not out yet again. Mm-hmm. Although we did mention Knuckles, of course, because he's not out yet. But um, Josh was talking about how in, he, the way he plays fish right now is he actually doesn't care the damage is momentous if you get a takeout mm-hmm. because you know being a, doing a, doing a takeout with fish can do wonders for ball positioning and also just freak people out. And Knuckles' damage output isn't bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His his damage output is non-momentous, but it is. Um, with yeah, with, with with Corsair that might not be an issue. Yeah, 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 because you've got Coup de Gras as well, um, and yeah, like he is. I feel like he's also potentially helpful in a shark team for keeping the rest of your team safe. Um, or sorry, shark or Yukai, arguably now, um, for keeping the rest of your team safe and for just being that little extra control factor with um, close ranks, lightning reflexes, like resilience. Like he can actually kind of. <laughs> He can take a hit, you know. Do you think fish players will take to him? I would hope so. Yeah, he's got some of the coolest artwork, certainly as well, with his like his fish tattoos and stuff. I think he's really sweet. Yeah, it's pretty cool actually. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice seeing how the characters have changed, I guess, because obviously, I guess until the the, the draft, no one was sure where they're going to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the thing. Like we only really had the their their portraits um, and their kind of rough idea of what they look like and how they play and then it's been really nice seeing that art kind of get built upon and made to, to fit the guild that they went to what made you give them resilience uh basically because in the in the free sex draft stories he was described as having an iron jaw um okay, so again sort of the, the the background so. yeah yeah i mean a, a lot a lot of these like we tried to take the character that was described in the and build that so that they worked in their new guild. And so stuff like Resilience, which is a straight, like, Sherwin described the character, in, in the background, Sherwin described the character as having an iron jaw. And so we're like, okay, let's give him a rule like Resilience or Tough Hide or, or something that lets him... Um, that lets him represent that lets us represent that and let let us represent the character taking a hit. Okay, that's uh, Knuckles. Um, Edge. Edge um, for Edge. hunters. Um, hunters. I'm not really a hunters player at all, so what I say might be completely wrong. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, would be wrong about a card because I can see it, but about how. They- so yeah, do you want to sort of tell me about how Edge or why Edge was designed the way she is? First of all, she's a winger, isn't she? Right. So yeah, she's a winger. Um, but- because in Hunters, uh, she is described like so. She in the background was this described as being uh, something of a loner, um, and she doesn't really love the um, the Hunters Guild and the whole like religion behind it. Because uh, Skatha, as her sister, was um, kind of possessed by the spirit of the Moon Goddess, and Edge kind of views that as the Hunters kind of stealing her the 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 religion of the hunters are stealing her sister as it were um so she's a bit of a loner a bit of a winger who can kind of hang around and then sort of scream in and start um really impacting the game like she's i think might be the fastest model we've ever like in terms of single activation she might be the fastest model we've ever written uh, yeah, she, maybe she is fast. First of all, she's seven. Um, yeah, if anything else, pretty good herself. And then, yeah. So if she's um, if she's on a piece of ground like rough or fast or forest or obviously yeah, yeah, you could basically place within it, so you can get a free move basically. Yeah, and especially considering 
they're like two of the hunters' captains can put out fast ground or rough ground, fast ground or a forest. Sorry. So that just. Yeah, if she's if she's attacking any model that's suffering snared, she gets to add a, an additional double dodge. So that um, tackle sink that tackle dodge on column one can be effectively a tackle triple dodge. So I guess in some ways that's a bit scathing, like, isn't it? Yeah. So we wanted her to be. Yeah, she basically can can get in because she's described. She is described as being a winger and being um, pretty good with the ball. Um, so we want to lean her slightly more towards um, football and takeouts. But the flip side of that is she does have um, entangle, so she can put out snare. Like she has a, it's a cost one or GB character play that's range six, and it just inflicts the snare condition on enemy models. So she's actually really good for just spamming out snared on people. Um, uh, it's not even once a turn, is it? No, it's not once per turn. So she also has that two damage um, GB on column two. So if she's hitting a snared target, she can probably hit that result. And then she's doing two damage and putting snared out on another enemy model within six. So And, and because they're snared, she can add a double dodge to that result as well. So she can just sort of bounce around, put out a bunch of damage and inflict snared on a bunch of people and get a lot of movement out of that as well. Um, so she can, she's actually a very flexible model because her, she's so fast, so she can get goals, she can get in, um, she's got that tackle dodge on one and close control. Um, so she's actually really good at getting in, snagging the ball and dodging around and getting a goal as well. Um, or you can use her to put damage and snared out on the entire enemy team. Yeah, I mean, attack four isn't great, but again, snared helps with that. Mm -hmm. uh, Yeah, you ideally want... Yeah, you ideally uh, snap jaw, steel steel jaw, steel jaw. Not not a. I think that's a war machine model. Snap jaw. It's a whole other thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, exactly. So she's she really benefits from hitting an already snared target, um, and so that like she can entangle them herself and just keep rolling until she gets it or. Um, if you've already snared someone with Theron, then she comes screaming in and starts starts doing her thing. Um, and that's very like Lane, though. Her offensive capability is is spectacular, I think it's fair to say. But um, she is, again, death for zero armor with 13 health. So she's she's very contrary in that kind of, you need to pick the moment to send her in. I think a pattern in some ways with these, sort of, these models is quite a few of them have quite strong output but actually will will die or will leave yes. the Yeah, yeah, Certainly with Edge and with Lane, that's the case, and also looking at Gaffin, they're all very fragile. Yes. Um, something, that we've, something that we generally try and do is rather make every model a kind of across-the-board, midline, you know, average model, we try and have models where we, push, we really push their strengths and really push their weaknesses. Um, and I think we've done that with both Lane, with, with Edge... Um, I actually think Windle is one of the best examples in the entire game of us doing that. Um, where like you have a model with a death two zero stat line with no um tough aid or anything. So like a model that if attacked is is very likely to die or if attacked by any model with push dodges is very likely to go scooting off the edge of the pitch. Um but his damage output is the highest kind of squaddy damage output in the entire game. And it's really, really interesting finding that balancing point. Um, and it's something we've tried to do with, with, with a lot of the free cities draft models as well. 
Um, so going to the last one, it's okay. Gaffer. It is indeed Gaffer for the Morticians, which will make uh, Beard very, very happy. Uh, yeah, his his ego is swelling. Yeah, well, he's he's you know he's going to Australia. We had to give him a little a little farewell present. <laughs> Um, do you want to go through Gaffer in broad terms? So, uh, in broad terms, um, so what it, the most important thing you have to know about Gaffer before we sort of get into this is Gaffer has come to the Morticians Guild. He was not really expecting that. He and we were expecting him to go to the Blacksmiths, which would have been really handy. Um, but he didn't. He is, uh, he is now in Morticians, and he is being haunted by the spirit of Gast, who yeah, is still... So, um... The model, I got the model yesterday um, uh-huh. uh, to a view, and basically, first of all, the resin sculpt's lovely, um, but also, like, the model is sort of holding Gask's sort of mask, and he's got this sort of ghostly hand on his shoulder. Yeah. With sort of ghostly face I, I, that was, that, like, we, we worked with Ross, like, me and Sherwin worked with Ross um, for the suggestion for that sculpt, and I just, I think it's so cool, um, the way Gaffer has, like, got that kind of ghostly spirit, like, just whispering in his ear. I think the the physical representation of that is amazing, and I think Ross, like Ross and the production guys that that actually got the model physically made in resin, just they deserve every sort of plaudit and praise in the world for that. I think it's so cool. It's kind of ironic that he also, as a player, works really well with Gast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who you know who is dead? So yeah, um, uh-huh. because he is basically peer support, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gaffer, Gaffer is, is is one of those models that, again, we've pushed the strengths and weaknesses. So his support abilities are, I mean, exceptional. Like his support abilities are really exceptional. But, um, yeah, he's very squishy. He doesn't have a good kick. He doesn't. He's he's like five seven move. He also, um, interestingly, like being five seven move and being kicked two six is actually also kind of a nice way of representing that he was by f- by some margin the oldest of the free cities draft players um and so he's maybe not quite as physically fit as some of the younger ones that are playing for other guilds like beard then uh, uh. <laughs> wow we're just going after him like. <laughs> um <laughs> this is like the, th- the third attack buff in morts i think yeah probably yeah because you've got what malice on more and um uh, Singled out on Dirge, yeah. And on and on um, Pelage. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I forgot she got singled out as well. Um, I guess the chances of getting, you know, um, all three out is kind of unlikely. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what the Americans refer to as magical Britainland. Yeah. Uh, but if you did... If you, d- if you did, you get to win forever. You win Morticians. Congratulations. Yeah, I mean, and that's the kind of interesting thing about a lot of Mortician playbooks is they're not super efficient, but if you give them plus two tack, they get really good because a lot of their, like, the plays or results that they really want to hit are, like, one column higher or two columns higher than they can reliably hit. Yeah, I think it's why Mortz works so well as sort of springing traps and then sort of jumping on one person. Yeah. All the crowd outs and them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once they get all the crowd outs, they can start hitting those results that they really want. Pardon me. Um, and that's, yeah, absolutely. And it's it's because um, initially, like, Mortz gets such strong control abilities, but they get relatively inefficient playbooks. Um, compared to certainly, like, something like Butchers or Farmers. Um, or even fish, really. 
um, because fish are like I've got a put, I've got a dodge and a tackle on my first two columns in my playbook and a double dodge on two as well. I don't really need to look higher than that on my playbook. Like I kind of just need these first two columns. Um, whereas Mort's like yeah, their their playbook construction is relatively inefficient, and so getting and that's the thing because if you bring all of these tack buffs, yeah, that's great, but you're not bringing models to take advantage of those tack buffs. Yeah, like um. In, in theory, he'd be good with Morn, but then again, I don't think you want to support Captain and support character at the same time. Yeah, right. Because then you end up, yeah, you can have, you can very easily have one of your models with plus four tack, but your captain and one of your four players aren't, are effectively aren't doing anything. Like they're just literally supporting, like buffing one other model on your team. So yeah, like, and that is, don't get me wrong, that is also a, a pretty, it's a cool thing to do and it's a cool way to play Morn, but. Yeah, you're you're then relying on your other three players to actually score you VPs. So um, here's character play, um, which was kind of spoiled um, a while ago. Uh, Chaos was. Yep. Um, it's I think it's the only character play in the game that lasts more than a turn. Uh, yes, it is. It's the first. It is the first ability in the game, other than conditions, that can continue to affect the game from turn to turn. So basically, you put a whisper token on, and yep. you get plus hit them, and yep. last. Yes, that is correct. So cost two, um, and Red Fury, which we know off Fair Rage, you know um, when he was a big deal. Uh, Red Fury um, cost one and allows a model to make an attack. Yes, which so. is so. There's two pretty incredible support abilities. Amazing. If anything else, allows you to make many attacks out of activation. Allows you to give a model more than their caps worth of attacks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, dodge um, players from a scrum or whatever. Yeah, um, it means it means you can funnel rather than making attacks with Gaffer, whose playbook is pretty poor. You can make attacks with models whose playbooks are better, like like Ghast or Graves or um, or Obulus or Scalpel. Uh, that said, both his cats plays have four inch range. Yes, and he is three one. Yes, and, and his cancer attack is basically well done. yeah. <laughs> like he's got he, he's got a push on one. He's got a double push on three, but on tack yeah on tack five that getting up to column three is pretty unlikely. Um, so yeah, that's that's the trade off for him as well is that both of his character plays are short range and he is very very squishy if you don't play him properly. He basically wants to be up behind a wall, doesn't he? Behind a wall of, sort of casket and gas. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He's also actually that's one really good use for Red Fury is if you pop the legendary on casket and then fluff your roll, um, and so you don't get the casket time. You you can go with your next activation as Gaffer and just start buying more attacks with casket, trying to put the guy in the box. Like yeah, well, even if basically casket won't get the damage on somebody's full stack, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That that suddenly suddenly you have to factor in like an extra maybe six damage from casket. Um, um, yeah, so the back of his card, uh, he's got the knowledge, which is a character player, which is, was interesting, actually, for Mortz. Yep, absolutely, because it gives, you can just, and it's completely free, the knowledge as well, and it just gives a chosen friendly model plus two inches of kick distance for the remainder of the turn. So that's really, it's, this is another one that was basically entirely from his background, because he is... Um, he is a, he basically was a, a sort of pundit in the story and was one of the most experienced of watchers and followers of the game of Guild Ball. 
Um, so he's, you know, he's watched more games than you've had hot dinners type thing. And this sort of represents him and that coach perspective, kind of shouting advice to someone and, and, and helping them kick better and, and play the game better. Um, and also, I mean, it, I mean, Mort's goal, Mort's goal first a bit weird anyway, because two six kicks. Yeah, yeah, Mort's are, again, much like with their playbooks, their kicks tend to be relatively poor because they have such strong control abilities. And his legendary play. Yeah, yeah. So that just lets you, if you, it means you can like, say you can, you can only get him to within range of like a mascot or something for Careless Whisper. You can put that out on the mascot and then legendary and move it on to like their captain or their striker or whatever model you want to actually attack. Um, like it, it makes the, it makes his character plays uh, just a bit more efficient and lets you gives you more control basically being a mortician over where those character plays are going to affect um yeah because i assume that maybe i'm not sure whether it's true or not i'm making things up um but i guess in testing you could care you whisper someone i think it's been away yeah 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 that was definitely something that could happen like particularly people people would tend to like hang away from gaffer to the point where he would have to come too far out to get it on a model and he's kind of like well i can go up and i can get careless whisper on someone but like i don't really it's not a model i care about attacking you know it's a mascot or it's a it's like a support model that i don't want to hit i really want to get this on their captain but i can't because he's just they're just keeping their captain away from me um and so yeah like that legendary seemed like a a fun way of giving a nice present to beard as he goes to Australia, and a way of giving the mortician player more control over the use of that ability. Um, and that's it, really, I guess, for the um, free cities draft um, models. So yeah. Out of the five we've seen, the five we've seen already. Um, what's what's sorry? How many? We've got five here. So we've got we've got five there, and obviously Cutlass was released with Culverin as part of the first or second wave of captains. So, which so, one is going to get... Of the free city draft models? Um, I don't know. Well, currently there's six released. Oh, no, so there's ten total, so I might just get a D10 and just... <laughs> just roll it. Just roll it, just see what happens, see what the gods decide. Sounds fair. <laughs> <laughs> that is essentially how we decide uh, How we decide what gets buffed and nerfed. We just roll a D10. I assume we have like, a big dartboard. Oh, we do that too. Yeah. Just throw them. Yeah, yeah. Every every once a month, all of the dev team get one dart, and you throw at the board, and then whoever you hit, you get to decide what to do with them. I knew it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I assume you're happy with these models and um, happy with how they've come out. Yeah. 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 Asking you, you know, you're you're like he designed. (laughs) Do you do you think you did a good job? Yes. Yes, I do. Thank you. Yeah. It's like it's like a bit of a job interview where they're like, "What's your biggest weakness?" And you're like, "I just care too much." That's why, yeah. Yeah, I just I'm just too good at what I do. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'm I am happy with these, and I'm proud of how we've managed to make them. I think all of them feel both thematic to the guilds that they're in, but also faithful to their character from the Free Cities Draft story. Um, and I, I think that hitting those two points was one of the most difficult like these models were more difficult to develop because we couldn't just go right we're making a butcher write a butcher 
we have to go right we have this previous character who is who has been described you know as a drug addict and as a as a striker and as someone who is who is sort of generally nice because the free size draft models like the the tone for that campaign was generally sort of nicer than our usual fluff because it's a bunch of kids and we didn't want to you know you know sherwin's not that much of a monster um well not officially um but yeah so um yeah we we had to there was a lot more points that we had to hit with the development process and with the design process and i'm overall really proud of where we ended up with them um although i did want to call amber because amber went to farmers i did want to call her farmer and um sherwin shot that idea down pretty hard so i'm i'm very upset about that one yeah yeah and also also because edge went to hunters i wanted to call her hedge (laughs) <laughs> that, that would really work right and again again sherwin shot it down so you know i'm i'm very upset by that that's my probably my biggest failing and yeah yeah probably, probably my biggest failing in this development cycle was getting those names through <laughs> brilliant um so if you want to stay online now we're going to talk briefly about farmers in bonus time is that okay with you yeah sure uh, so we'll say bye to the the non-paying customers Goodbye. The ones Goodbye, plebs. Yeah, the, the, reasons, the ones who are paying money for, for content. <laughs> God knows why. Um, we'll count talking to them about farmers. So um, thank you. Say bye. Bye. Goodbye, friends. <laughs>